0: Difficult? Difficult. Difficult. difficult, 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 difficult women. Hey, yeah, I know. I feel uh, it, too. Oh, <laughs> God. How's it going? So <laughs> good. Who are you? <laughs> Marie. Cool. Who are you? <laughs> I'm Katie. <laughs> this is the Difficult <laughs> Women Podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. Oh, man, do we have a doozy of an episode for you? Oh,
1: my God, it's true. I think, and we probably should just jump right into it. Uh, I think we
0: should. But I will say, I huh? huh? What <laughs> we said. I was just going to say, <laughs> eh? what's that, dearie? <laughs> I was just going to say,
1: I do think, I'm actually really excited about this episode because I do think that we have, we will certainly have listeners that are going to get a lot out of this and who may be experiencing similar
0: things. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for you today, we have, let's see, I, I'm, I've i pulled up her IMDb. She's also one of my best friends. I should probably maybe know this stuff off the top of my head, but I'm like, who is this person? No, she's actually a fellow Uh, uh She uh, is an actor and writer, comedian. She was, I remember when she was on Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, because I was so jealous. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> she was so good in that. She uh, was in Veep she was on the characters on Netflix at the sketch program she was a writer for at midnight on comedy central and now she is a staff writer on good mythical morning also a uh, she's she acts on there as well she's unbelievable put your hands together for emily fleming
2: hey Thanks so much for having me. It's so good to see you. Your face is over Zoom. Oh
0: yeah, we love <laughs> Zoom. Uh, JK Psych. Um, <laughs> I wish we were all in the same room together like we used to be. I know. I uh know. so Emily and and uh, we go we go way. Well, yeah, I
2: think all three of us go way back to 2011. Yeah, is when I first pretty met
0: far all back. Of Do, all you know the date? Did you write it in a journal? <laughs>
2: I don't, <laughs> I don't remember the day, but I just remember, uh, I went to a show of yours, uh, because a friend of mine, um, had heard of you guys. It was in Brooklyn. I just was like, oh my God, I gotta be friends with these ladies. Oh, that's nice. And, um, I, I met y'all afterwards cause I found out, you know, Marie was from Nashville and, and it took me forever to like remember that you both weren't from Nashville. <laughs> that's because I think I I would <laughs> yeah I think I would see you both at like sh- at things and be like hey let's talk about Nashville and Katie be like, like I don't stop know doing this <laughs> 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 I'm not from there but it.
0: Emily and I did yeah. not know each other in Nashville we met in New York but now whenever yes. you know whenever we're together in Nashville it's it's a good old time oh yeah we definitely. Um, We go hard. hard. (laughs) Well, so we wanted to have you on our podcast for a very long time. And honestly, we could never pick a topic because you're so multifaceted. There's so many different things. No, but seriously, Katie and I went back and forth, back and forth on like, okay, we should talk to her about dress code. We should talk to her about being a female writer. We should talk to her her about just showbiz in general and being a badass actress. But so now, so this whole episode may feel a little... ADHD <laughs> because yes. be skipping all over the place, but we really do w- <laughs> want to start with the fact that you, you do, you're a woman and you have ADHD.
1: That's and actually correct. just for our listeners, like, could you just tell us a little bit like about what you do and how, you know, like not just how you know us, but like what mm-hmm. your, what your, what your Dilio is.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, so I know you two ladies from the comedy scene in New York city. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing stand up at I mean, I still I would like to continue doing stand up out here, but I I don't um and you're in LA. I don't I'm in LA, but I, I, I currently I am. I used to be in New York with you ladies, which I don't know, Katie, are you still there? I'm or still here. You now? I was hunkering down. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah. Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm
1: not. I'm not underwater. I haven't gotten COVID yet, but well, time will tell. Anyway, but back to you.
2: Okay, yeah. So I was doing stand up. Uh, I was also trying to, you know, break into acting as best I could. And uh, honestly, I didn't even think of being a writer as an option um, until I moved out to LA and and got my first writing job on At Midnight. Uh, on Comedy Central, which is no more RIP. But I got that through kind of being on camera. I was a contestant on that show uh, three times. And then- And you won. uh, I won twice. And then I, after the third time, there was a a writer's position opening, but it was like, I knew a couple of, I knew one writer on there who, uh, Chelsea Davidson. She's awesome. You should have her on your show. She's been a head writer and like a showrunner. So she's Mm. like next level uh, lady writer. Um, And I, I will say that every writing job that I've gotten in comedy, I was already performing on the show. Kind of, it helps Mm -hmm. me to know the show and to experience the show in order to write for the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was lucky enough on at midnight to have been on the show a couple of times and then when writing the packet, it was like, oh, I, I, okay, I think I kind of get the show. So now I know how to write a game for the show. Mm. Whereas I had written a packet for At Midnight before um, ever being on the show, and it sucked. Uh, yeah. I remember I've looked back at it, been like, good lord. <laughs> yeah. I, so it's like you know, being on the show really helps you write it. And then I got lucky and, and got to write for it. Same with GMM, like I. I had watched the show quite a bit on YouTube, and then I knew how to write the packet.
0: And that's but good mythical morning, right?
2: Mythical morning, correct? With Rhett and Link, but then a couple months later, I came back as just an on-camera personality. Oh wow! For the show, and then I started writing their Twitter jokes for them. And uh, I, I think a lot of people described like I remember the Twitter <laughs> people going, "Who who is writing?" these these dad jokes like why like, these are so corny and i was like oh no it's me. but i mean I, yeah exactly so um, they have like a real social media team that's doing trendy stuff and gifts and whatnot i was just like I oh, you know when you go on down to the fish bait and tackle store and you can't live, live, live. like it was you know not like not as bad as that but i was I, they were kind of silly jokes um and then eventually luckily like november of 2019 they asked me to come back for a temporary like they needed help with the holidays kind of they do a couple extra episodes and there's a lot of work and I got lucky in January that they wanted me to come back Mm full-time and then less than two months later (laughs) I know I was like thank god so now I've been there for almost two years full-time writing and doing on-camera stuff it's been fun yeah I I'm Very, very lucky. So you guys worked through COVID? We did. We worked from home. We're still working from home. I still write from home. Oh, wow. I only go in when I'm on camera, Mm. which is not helpful with ADHD. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I struggle a lot in this room, like in my little apartment, but get through it. <laughs> well, I so I I want to say that like one of the things
1: that made me think like, oh, this would be a good topic for us to talk to you about. Number one, I I I guarantee you that we have female listeners that are also either not yet diagnosed with ADHD or have been diagnosed and don't, you know, it feels different than the ADHD that people think of what it is. And one of the things that came up was that you posted something not that long ago Mm. on uh, Instagram or TikTok or something about a doctor being like, this is how ADHD presents in women. And I was like, oh, right. Mm. It's different.
2: Well, I mean, I don't think it's always different. I think that there's a little bit about the perceptions of other people noticing it in Mm -hmm. people. And I think there's a little bit of uh, bias in that. Mm-hmm. So, although I do think that, I guess, through research that has shown that there is more often than not differences in presenting symptoms between men and women, mm-hmm. but I also think the way that men and women are treated mm-hmm. with those symptoms or the way that they notice your symptoms, I mean, don't, and it's even worse with people of color, like it's Mm, way worse. Like it's in, we, the show we did a a series of, which we are still kind of uh, working on diversity program, like speakers and things and the uh, mental health and uh, learning disability stuff and kids in school. It was very devastating Mm. to to listen to Um, that because there are behavioral things that show through ADHD that people will sometimes think of as acting out
3: Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm.
2: that the kid is just unruly or a problem when really it's just ADHD Mm -hmm. (laughs) or autism. Like, uh, so, Mm -hmm. and then they're more likely to, I guess, care about the white kids Mm, than the kids of color and then just put kids of color in ISS instead of helping them.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. And so I've, I definitely think, yes, women are, underdiagnosed and they don't notice us the same way as young boys. Cause they're usually the uh, hyperactive, like the more uh, I guess disruptive mm-hmm. uh, symptoms are through boys where they're disrupting others in class.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so they tend to like notice that more and be addressing that. Whereas with girls, it's like she's
0: lazy and she's
2: not paying attention.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that a so, hurricane or is there a forest fire or a hang on? Oh, it just went away. (laughs) Sounded like an Amber alert. It did sound like an Amber
2: alert. Let me just hang on. Let me check and see if that's my phone over there. It's probably my mom putting out an Amber alert. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) My mom is like, I haven't. So speaking of ADHD, there's the whole thing about um, object permanence, which I've been learning about, which I still don't fully understand uh but it's like you know if if I don't see something for a while I forget it exists oh sure so it's kind of like if I put I burn shit in the oven constantly like (laughs) I'll put food in there and I'll forget that I did it until there's smoke right and I do that all the time (laughs) I feel like you've cooked for me yeah (laughs) yeah and then then like if I don't talk to my parents for a while I forget how long it's been since Mm -hmm. I've talked to them and I forget to check back in with them and Although I think some people may think that I'm like that makes me a bad friend or a bad daughter or bad whatever, but it's like no, I really just like if I I everything that's in front of me is like pretty much yeah. what what I can deal with at the mm-hmm. moment. So it, it just kind of it's it's kind of complicated. I'm learning more and more about ADHD through TikTok. Yeah, which is <laughs> really? what's crazy. Well, I mean, I think this is why I've kind of gone down this ADHD uh, journey through COVID because I've. Um, my medication has changed and I've gone Mm. through kind of feelings of guilt about that. And I have a great uh, psychiatrist, thank Mm God um, who helps me with it. But like, it's just been without the tools of being in a writer's room full of writers, kind of bouncing ideas off together. I kind of thrive in that setting. Mm -hmm. And when I'm by myself, Mm. I, don't usually thrive like it's it's like I do like the kind of collaborative stuff of a writer's room mm-hmm. so learning to uh develop tools and stuff to continue developing as a writer and get better and and stay on time and on task right? are there little tricks and stuff
1: that you can like think that you've learned that have been useful to you or uh
2: higher dosage of medications so uh-huh. far um has been the real trick and yeah. tip uh <laughs> also like um not not drinking as much mm-hmm. as i as i take a sip of my can of wine mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but uh yeah no i guess i'm trying to talk about uh t- tips and tricks like um i think being uh, a little bit more generous with myself and not being as hard on myself has been mm-hmm. a huge help. And the TikTok mm. thing has actually been a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Because the more I, I don't feel alone and the more I'm realizing certain things about myself that I've been so hard on myself for mm. are just like a part of this, mm-hmm. the more I just go, oh, I'm, I recognize it when I'm doing it. And then I don't Mm -hmm. get mad at myself. I just go, this is a thing. And then Mm -hmm. let's, okay, let's focus on pivoting from this like struggle or emotion. Like I'll just get really, uh, there was something about time blindness and, and stuff where you get fixated on one thing and you can't break away from it. Mm -hmm. And I have to constantly, one of the things was an actual, uh, manual, like clock with hands.
3: Mm, oh, in- interesting.
2: Instead of a digital clock, because the, the actual being able to visualize time going around the mm. clock is somehow it makes, I guess it's the object permanence thing. Cause it's like, mm. other than looking at three or four numbers at a time, I can see the movement of time as it's yeah. happening so that I don't know why, but it makes me time out what I'm doing a lot better. <laughs> That's super
1: mm. useful though to people that I think that are actually I know someone else with ADHD that is uses a clock like that and I wonder if- yeah without I'm probably even knowing get a they might clock. be yeah
2: but yeah I have a watch I have this nice watch that I bought for myself like five years ago and I never wear because I don't know I just I'm like oh it's fancy I'm not gonna wear a watch but now I'm like I have a reason to wear this yeah. nice watch because I need it
0: for yeah, help <laughs> for sanity's sake. Yeah. I need well, it for help. Can, do you mind talking a little bit about, you know, how did you, when did you discover that? Hey, maybe, cause it is a disorder, you know? So
2: that's what they say, but I guess I don't agree with that, but like,
0: okay, that's what they
2: call. I mean, again, I've watched many TikToks where it's just like, it's just a different type of brain.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Where, and that right. there's. So actually, maybe it's not good to be calling it a disorder. Then, I don't it's know. just like brain.
2: Yeah. It's not like I get offended by it or anything. It's just that I like kind of go, I, more and more I learn about it, the more and more I just go, I think there are just different ways of thinking and different, like, just like how I'm tall, I'm like taller and, and there's different body, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. types of stuff. I think there's different types of brains and how like functioning of brains and things that. Mm-hmm just the, the world that we live in wants to organize everybody in mm-hmm. a timely right. fashion
3: mm-hmm.
2: and in the same way, but it just like how people have step stools to reach another shelf for, I'm using the height analogy. Yeah. I don't know why I'm doing that. <laughs> um, it's like it. There's, there's, <laughs> there's adjustments that need to be made, but it doesn't mean that somebody is lesser or disordered. Right. I just, I just think that there's adjustments in the world that need to be made for everybody to uh, function at high capacity in the best way that they can mm-hmm. to contribute what they're what they're good at to the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. And nobody's taking the time to do that. So yeah, it's, right. it's kind of that. But like, yeah. But what was your thing about the, how, when, are you asking like when I realized? Well, yeah, or,
0: I mean, did you experience this as a child or was this a little later? Oh, yeah. I mean, one thing I was reading that with women specifically, I mean, there may be even like two cycles of, Um, Experiencing ADHD for the first time Like when you do get your period For the first time because of your hormones And then also menopause Mm. Oh, and this great. is for women that they're not studying enough. <laughs> yeah, I know. Something to look Fuck. forward to. Oh, great. Um, yeah. I have, I have, <laughs> that's great. Sorry, I, I'm not a doctor. Listen,
2: I've actually, I really wish that there was, I wish my guidance counselor from elementary school would come back and give a menopause talk. <laughs> to like, like, cause we had the like, our the uh, puberty talk with our guidance counselor, you know. Yeah. Did why you like, have the menopause talk for real? We had it with Girl Scouts, like our Girl Scouts. Oh, but she, she she came down, Miss Pollock was her name. She was oh. the best, the best lady. Aiken Elementary. Love that place. Um, Aiken. Yeah. She like gave it. I remember crying and thinking, oh my God, I'm gonna bleed, and this sounds horrible. Why? Why? I don't wanna do it. And <laughs> I don't wanna do this. I don't wanna do it. Um, and I just wish there was a, a nice lady in her 50s that could come. Tell me and a group of my lady friends about menopause and get us ready. Like we should, I, I, we
1: just, should ha- we should start that group. I'm not. We should. I'd like it. that. Yeah.
2: I'd right like down. that a lot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. I, there is a whole thing about women with ADHD and their cycles and how you know PMS it fucks everything up. So right. it's like, it yeah. does make it harder. 100%. And that some women test on the scale for ADHD during PMS and not at any other time. Oh, That's yeah. Interesting. Um, but I, I, have a feeling I, I tested all, all, all month long, Yeah, uh, <laughs> just sometimes it's worse than others. <laughs> no, I didn't. The thing about my ADHD is I didn't know I had ADHD. I just mm. thought, uh, no one wanted to ha- like be around me mm. and Aww. that I had to stay after class and sit in the front row all the time. And I was a problem it was just pretty mm. much what I felt like. And, uh, I remember being a little kid. I got, I was tested like a couple of times at school and cause my report cards were always, uh, in la la land talks too much, uh, can't stay on task, disorganized. Where's the homework? Where did it go? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and were your parents advocating for you or well, they didn't know, the teacher, like I they think, didn't know either. Mm-hmm.
2: Again, I think that, in the nineties, especially like ADHD was this hyperactive boys thing where they're Mm -hmm. like bouncing off the walls, like being disruptive, uh, can't sit still, um, kind of thing. So, which I was one of those kids. I couldn't sit still, but I would doodle. Like I would draw a lot, Mm -hmm. um, or Mm -hmm. I would just disappear. Mm -hmm. And I started the whole like other thing on TikTok is disassociation or dissociating. Mm -hmm. And I realized like that's most of my life has just been me <laughs> disappearing, <laughs> uh, because I don't want to be places like <laughs> ever. Like, it's just me mm. sitting in a thing that I I'm like, I don't want to do this. And I can't keep up with whatever they're doing. So I'm just going to go to a place where I do belong and just, uh, disappear to that place. But and like, internally, you mean internally? Yeah. I yeah. would just, I just disappear yeah. And, um, I do it today too, but I didn't know there was a name for it. There's a bunch of things that I'm learning, mm-hmm. and once again, TikTok is not a news source. <laughs> like I think, I think it's good for people to know that. But what I do is I I see something on TikTok, like a word or something that I am like, what is that? And then I go to my psychiatrist mm. and. I bring that to her, and then I ask her those questions. Right, or I go online and look at like credible news sources, sure. and, and like she look can up validate what it whatever or or not validate whatever. A hundred you're seeing, percent. Yeah, that's really yeah. smart and healthy. It's helped um, me with communicating to my psychiatrist, which yeah. I think is what's going to help women get diagnosed, or everyone, everyone, not just women, sure. get diagnosed. Sure. Uh, is through being able to communicate because I feel like with ADHD, understanding what to ask for or what your Mm. needs are or what's going on, it's so impossible to communicate because it's like your brain, you think you're normal is the thing. I think I'm completely normal. Of course, because that's your experience. But everybody on the outside of me is like, What's wrong with you? Right, <laughs> And then you're like, I didn't think there was does that. That was an interesting
1: thing, too, because like I well, one thing is that I know a, a, a man who is now sort of realizing that he may have ADHD and he was not a hyperactive child like that wasn't yeah. part of his thing. But all the rest of it is like lining up and he's like, this is crazy. OK, like I feel seen. I feel like yeah. people understand me. But also that like as a woman, because It's like a new thing for women to be diagnosed with ADHD, which is kind of a strange thing in itself. I don't know
2: if it's new. I think it's just women being diagnosed at a later age. Yes. I think adult ADHD is the new thing. But
1: that is like, there was... I was reading something about, and I don't know, I'm speaking out of my ass because I'm reading, I'm speaking from an article. I'm sure you're not. Not your own experience.
2: (laughs) But we're all figuring it out. We're all
1: figuring it out. But one thing that struck me was that a lot of adult women are being diagnosed with ADHD right now because their children, their daughters are being diagnosed. And they were like, Mm. their daughter's like, you know, acting out or whatever it is. And they're getting diagnosed with ADHD. And then the mothers are going... Wait a minute. This is like exactly how I was, and then yeah. they are able to go and be like, "Wait, please help me." And then they're figuring it out. Well, my is dad crazy.
2: is now medicated.
1: Oh, really? and was it because his ex- watching you kind of go through your struggles or
2: not related? No, I think he's just like the doctor just went, "Hey, <laughs> it's time." <laughs> I don't think my parents really connected that it was. I know that it is a genetic thing, or it's a more right. likely than a parent genetic for sure. Mm. Yeah, it can be like, but. I have a, I know my mother's, uh, she's definitely going to listen to this. Oh, we love you. We love you, mom. Mom. I do, I do think that my mom, like, I think that I'm very similar to my mom. Like Mm -hmm, the older mm -hmm. I get, the more I I see similarities. And I kind of think she might be ADHD. Like there's like, there's a few things like she's very organized and has to be Mm -hmm. to a point where it's like nobody is like this if she wasn't it it would be a thing you mean or i i think that at least in her mind but like i she's tried to teach me those same uh skills Hmm. none of that took um i just live in chaos and i find that like chaos is the way for me to be (laughs) um i don't like i have a i have a calendar on my fridge that i write things down on like but it's mostly like do like writing stuff and things like that. But this, this job that I currently have, I can't think of another job that would have been more suited to me mm-hmm. and my ADHD. I'm still struggling with it all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but any other job, I, I think I would have been just so miserable. Like, I think that this is the, the writer performer thing. I don't oh, know. That's great. Any other job that is going to ever give me all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah at once yeah um and I feel incredibly lucky every single day and then sometimes during the day I go god damn it I don't want to write this fucking fuck I mean like, I yeah just, and that's work like,
1: I mean that's just what work, <laughs> it's is, just work. sometimes you but don't it, to do it. it's
2: true but then I just go ah stop being such a bitch this is the coolest job you've ever had yeah and oh. but it's like you still get frustrated the main thing for me is I get frustrated by uh like the movement of things, it's so fast paced that like I hyper focus is the thing I've learned about that is so fucking true for me, mm-hmm. like where it's I can once I get into zone, I call it the zone. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure every it's hyper focus is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's so hard for me to get there.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: once I get in there, it's impossible to get me out of it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. And if you bother me when I'm in the zone, I get very agitated.
0: Mm hmm. Now, is that common for a lot of people with ADHD? Yeah, at least from what I know. Yeah, it Mm -hmm. is kind of like it's it's so hard for us to get
2: in the zone of like the flow of something uh, that once we're in it, it's like we are in it till it's over, like kind of thing. And we cannot be bothered. But that's just not how the world works. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like you'll be working on something. I'm trying to think of a thing I was working on today. Um. I think there was like an episode that got changed and I was doing like research on something. And then I got like five slacks about other things. And I was like, well, now it's never going to be done.
3: Mm Right. It's just like, I'll never
2: get back to it. I don't even know what the hell I was doing before. Like it's so it's, (laughs) it's hard. Um, But luckily I have, like I work with people who are very patient with me as well. Like I have Mm my, my poor, poor coworkers. I just am constantly like, what time is the meeting? What does that thing do? I don't know what it is. They're like, you can look at the schedule. I'm like, oh, like a schedule. The minute I look at that schedule, I'm going to look at that schedule. And then I'm going to go, why am I looking at this? And then I'm going to like, forget what I'm doing and miss a meeting because I was looking at a schedule.
3: <laughs> oh my God.
2: And then it's just like, just fucking tell me when the thing is guys, just please. like. <laughs> And they usually do. They just like, but I'm sure they're sitting there going, "My God, she's the oldest woman at the show," <laughs> <laughs> and and she's the most fucking like messed up, like messy and
1: like chaotic. Well, it's but, nice that you have like coworkers that are um, understanding. I was just reading a thing about, yeah. M- notice we're pivoting back to this like women with ADHD. Thing, oh but, yeah, please do. But yeah. it was I just this blew me away that apparently like
2: you're gonna have to do a lot of that. By the way.
1: No, no, no. This is uh, great.
2: <laughs> over here, Emily. This is great. Emily, over here. <laughs> oh, shit. No, but it's related
1: to what you were saying about your coworkers like being supportive because uh, I did read something that said that men with ADHD, their partners, their female partners, are much more compassionate and understanding of their ADHD and the stuff they go with. But oh, yeah. male partners of women with ADHD tend to be much less help compassionate and understanding. Oh yeah. 100%. And so that's another level as a woman with ADHD, it can be even harder to deal with because you're not getting the support that a man might get. And it right. that doesn't even have to do with your symptoms. That's just like society and the way that we are structured.
2: Yeah, and I don't know if
1: you've experienced that, but
2: Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, 100%. And yeah. the, the weird thing is it's not till the mm. pandemic And recently that I've kind of been doing this journey of deep diving, you know, through research and stuff, because I'm very curious about it. The more I find out about it, the more empowered I feel. And sure. Mm -hmm. But I'm realizing so much of the problems in my past relationships all relate to this. Mm Oh, It's so much of it is based Mm -hmm. in ADHD. Um, Like my there's just so little consistency with people with especially I guess, women with ADHD, it's just, we are hot or cold. Mm -hmm. We are one extreme to the other. Um, And it's like, I need a lot of space. I'm somebody Mm -hmm. who needs a lot of space, but I also need you to be obsessed with me. Mm -hmm. Like there's, (laughs) it's like, and it's not easy for a guy to do that. And I also like, because it takes me so long to do every task, sometimes I'm working late. Like tonight I will probably be up till two in the morning Mm -hmm. working on stuff. But that's just normally what I do. And I need to do that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just right. that's how I work. And mm-hmm. a lot of guys don't, don't get it. It's hard for them to fit into your schedule when you're like in your uh, hyper focus zone. And you can't, you're like, I can't go on a date. I can't do it. Right. I'm, I'm busy. Yep, that male
0: fragility and the, the insecurity that a successful woman causes. is just, uh, well,
1: totally. Yeah, but that's the thing it's like that a lot of women yeah. f- deal with that anyway. And then right. how yeah. it's heightened then when you're in, and the truth is it's like, what's cool about, you learning about where you're at with your ADHD is you're saying like, Oh, this is what I need to function. This is what I need to thrive. Still
2: figuring it out. And it's, and you're still honest. figuring
1: it out and you're learning those things. And right. so it is important to be able to be with people that like can, cause you're going to say, sorry, not sorry. This is what I need. And they have to be able to be okay with that. And that's actually like you were saying, it's really empowering because it is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is like the emotional and, the, I, so I'll start this out by saying like my, uh, psychiatrist just upped my medication. I've been trying to wean myself off of my medication. Mm-hmm. I've gone mm-hmm. back and forth of not taking it, taking it because I've always felt guilty about taking it. Mm-hmm. And why do you feel guilty? I don't anymore, mm-hmm. but okay. I used to, because it felt like, well, I'm not in school anymore. So oh, interesting. I'm not supposed to take it anymore. I'm supposed to be fixed. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be all better now. It's just mm-hmm. a thing in a school setting. Mm-hmm. And that is not fucking true. Mm-hmm. It's right. just not like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, I stopped taking it for a couple of years. Like when I was first in New York and I kind of had like a breakdown. I remember mm-hmm. in New York, those first couple of years of just, I don't know, I couldn't hang and I didn't know what was going on is the thing. Cause At the time, like the emotional part of ADHD is the part I didn't know anything about. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just functioning at work, functioning at school, getting tasks done. I didn't know that it affected you in every facet of your life. And I was at my retail store. I was working at Jack Spade.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: I remember. And I was like about to have a nervous breakdown um because it was christmas season i just started that job and i was starting to lose my shit like i was like shaking my face was all bright red Mm. like i go into rage mode when i start like realizing i can't keep up Mm. or people are asking too many Mm. things of me at Mm. once and i just feel like oh i'm just an asshole that can't figure out how to live and that i'm Mm. i'm just an idiot like it's all i kind of feel like and my boss at the time pulls me aside and it's like they'll handle it like grabbed another cashier or whatever like and he goes um can I ask you a personal question and I was like okay and he goes have you ever thought about being diagnosed with ADHD? <laughs> really? And I was like, I am ADHD. (laughs) And he goes, are you medicated? And I'm like, no. And he goes, why the fuck not? And I'm like, I don't know, (laughs) man. Like I just was told that like, it's cheating. I think a lot of people think that it's cheating. A lot of people think that it's like a, a super pill that just Mm. makes you good at everything and that everyone's just on Adderall and they're, Mm -hmm. but it's like, God, and and that's the stuff that really hurts. Like uh, the Mm -hmm. Simone Biles stuff really like boy, that, that really made my blood boil. I was like, so fucking pissed about that, Mm
3: -hmm. that
2: like people think that if you're on that, then you're like superhuman or you're performing at another level of somebody. And it's like, no, I'm doing this. So you're not annoyed with me. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. Like I'm Mm -hmm. doing it so I can maintain relationships Mm -hmm. and not turn into a fireball of rage everywhere Mm -hmm. I go. And like, it's just the idea of it becoming, because it's associated with meth, Mm -hmm. that somehow it's like a superhuman, you're getting high and and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's really frustrating. So I ended up going back on it and, oh, my God, it was like, oh, I feel like a normal person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Like I I just was denying myself normalcy. Mm -hmm. And And then did you
0: have a psychiatrist then or is this not at the time? Because that's always what blows my mind, too, is that when people are diagnosed and then given medication, but then actually – a friend of mine was diagnosed with bipolar, but she she is not bipolar. And actually, um, a lot of women with ADHD are misdiagnosed mm. with bipolar or yeah. or just depression and anxiety. Whereas like a lot of doctors just are not equipped to understand the nuances of adhd right and so they quickly are like you know you are bipolar and here's this medicine which, which is not is going not to help
1: good and it can actually like cause worse symptoms of whatever yeah, and, it, and it did because yeah it's
2: true the whole bipolar thing what's interesting is i have another i actually have a, a good friend who is both adhd and bipolar Mm. Oh, wow. And so she's on two medications, but it's like, it took the diagnosis of both of those things to know how to address it.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Like there are symptoms from both things. Like there are symptoms of ADHD that can present as bipolar, Mm -hmm. um, but they're, and vice versa. I mean, Mm -hmm. what's more distracting than like, (laughs) you know, being right Sad as shit right um but like yeah. you know uh. what i mean and up and down and all that stuff it's true it's like and i was so my journey of getting diagnosed i'll say this like i was just i think from day one it was like kindergarten it was like preschool it was mm-hmm. like somebody just went she talks too much mm-hmm. she's like nap time can't stay like in one place like mm-hmm. she's in la la land wow like uh, what a triggering movie mm-hmm. title yeah, <laughs> um, like I, <laughs> I was like fuck this movie. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, maybe that's why people get angry at that movie is because everyone's undiagnosed with ADHD. And they're like I fucking hate Stalin. <laughs> <laughs> Eat my ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, it, and then I was like, I, I just remember having to see the school psychiatrist, all the or psychologist or therapist or what guidance counselor all the fucking time. I was probably the person they saw more than anybody, and I wasn't like being. I wasn't really disruptive in class. I wasn't really like, it just was like, how do we fix this girl who's clearly very bright, who is like talkative, could talk to adults. Like I loved adults, Mm -hmm. didn't really get kids. That's Mm -hmm. like another thing that I've seen a little bit of like, uh, when you talk about girls on the autism and ADHD spectrum, We prefer Mm -hmm. talking to adults Mm -hmm. (laughs) when we were kids. Interesting. Um, And then I was like, sit there a bunch. And then in middle school, I kind of had my goth phase. I was also kind of, I moved from my elementary school to a new metal, like middle school. A lot Mm -hmm. of my friends were not there. Mm -hmm. And I just remember the classes got harder. Everything got harder. And Mm -hmm. I really couldn't keep up. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I, it was really, really hard. And I was going, I decided to be a semi goth
3: (laughs) because I
2: wanted to, I was still wearing WWJD bracelets on both arms. (laughs) I was big into church. I was very religious. Like i said this on stage. My parents were not very religious. I kind of did it on my own. Like I don't know why I became, <laughs> became obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Like it was really weird. I think it's because I had a, I had a big thing for some, a, a boy in my youth. Oh yeah. And then I was just, I was like, oh, well, God led me to this boy. And now I'm obsessed with God and this boy. Ugh. There's like a lot of obsessive things about ADHD too. Like I had obsessions all through elementary school where Mm. it was like, I was so obsessed with things, that it alienated people. Mm -hmm. And I still wasn't diagnosed. And it was like, I was going through all these tests of like, oh, she's so bright. I don't know why she's not getting good grades. Oh, she's like so well-spoken. Oh, well, she can't pay attention. But you know, she just seems so bright. There's no way that she has ADHD. Like not thinking that you can be bright, well-spoken, And struggle with sitting in one place writing about bullshit (laughs) for like five hours a day. Mm -hmm.
1: Side note, our like educational system is fucked up. Like this idea that you're supposed to put, I mean, I've worked with kids a lot. And I'm basically a child myself. And I understand that. Me too. (laughs) Yeah. It's like you can't, this idea you're going to sit a child down ADHD or not. And mm. have them sit at a desk and try to like absorb stuff because I'm telling you something is it ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. But we some need to kids be thrived. Mm-hmm. Some kids do. I would say some kids did better with that. But I think even the kids that do better with it, there's still a better way to learn. Even for those kids that can sit and still for a while, like we can still do better for kids. Right. And we can do better. We can what have times with sitting. Would you say? I don't know what the better way is. Well, the better way is like, I I went to, I've talked about this in the pod, but I went to like a very like hippy dippy school and like we were out in the creek and like t- touching frogs and stuff. And like we learned and the whole theory of the school was learned by doing. And like, that's what it nice. is. It's not testing. We didn't have grades for, you know, until we were like in third or fourth grade. Like that wasn't a thing. Like we just, oh my god we just amazing. lived. Yeah. We just like, they put they threw us out into the wilderness and then they were like, touch a frog. And I was going to say too, about like the people that I know that have been diagnosed with ADHD or even suspect they have it. Some of these people are like, the most brilliant people i know
2: mm. oh yeah and like you were
1: saying it's like it's th- it's just a different way that your
2: brain works i think there's a little coping mechanism there too because to, where i feel like because i don't function like everyone else i have to shine so um, bright mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in my way or else why would they keep me here oh mm-hmm.
0: well, that's and not so no there's a pressure lot of at all. Like-
2: to- <laughs> Oh, no, it's constant. Like that's where the perfectionist thing Mm -hmm. comes in, Mm -hmm. where it's like, I'm really good at this and nobody else Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And so I, when I get the opportunity to do the thing I'm good at, I have to do it so good that it's undeniable Mm -hmm. why I'm here. And yes, it is like a lot of pressure and I do break down over it. But then sometimes it's a challenge and I enjoy Mm -hmm. it. And uh, nobody's describing it this way. But this is, whenever people talk about it on the internet, this is how, this is my interpretation of it. My ADHD, when it's like, when I'm struggling a lot, because I'm not always struggling, even though I'm medicated, I still struggle. Mm -hmm. Medication does not fix everything. Mm -hmm. You still have moments of struggling. It's this moment where it's like, I am so frustrated being inside my own being Mm. that I need something to like break me away from the frustration Mm -hmm. to just break me out of this. Like, I can't escape my own skin. I can't Mm -hmm. escape my own mind. So it's like, I'm either dissociating, I'm pulling out my own hair. I'm scratching. I'm like pulling out my, it's just like this. It almost feels like you're a prisoner inside your own mind Mm -hmm. scratching to get out. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's how I would, I would say that it is, Mm. but it's like, through therapy, I've felt less of a need to do the, uh, problematic versions of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I exercise has really helped. Mm-hmm. Right, I exercise because my mind needs to break free mm-hmm. from this. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I think when it comes to exercise, we should focus way more on that than on like everything else. Like I just, I need to do shit like that or else I will, uh, you know, get very frustrated in my own mind. Oh, let me tell you how I officially got diagnosed though. So after like just constant, you're depressed, you're, or you're just lazy is kind of another thing. Or you're just like a space cadet. I just remember all of these things happening and it just being like, no shit, this was ADHD. Like it just so much of it was just like, duh. um, But I wasn't a dude bouncing off the walls kind of thing. But uh, yeah, no. So I was in high school and private school was significantly easier, which looking back, uh, especially now with the mask mandates and with, uh, you know, race theory not like and how everybody is trying to make it where people want to leave public school how the the right is trying to make it where it's like
3: mm-hmm.
2: public school is uninhabitable i feel like that has been a long play for a while mm-hmm. now like they're bleeding out the teachers like not paying them shit they're making the classes as hard as fuck for no reason And the standardized testing hard as fuck for no God reason. Like, I mean, the standardized testing is the same for all of us, but I feel like when you go to a private school, just saying you went to a private school gives you an advantage with -hmm. getting into college, which it fucking shouldn't. Like it just shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Like, so you went to a, a school that taught the Bible more, like who gives a fuck? Like, it just was crazy. But, um, yeah. So like, I just struggled a lot in public school. There's more kids The, the teachers have like higher volumes of kids that they got to deal with. And it's just harder. It just like the subject matter is harder. The standards of education are harder in public school. And then I went to private school and I was like, holy shit, this is easy. This is what <laughs> <one>, way easier <laughs> because my wow. mother, well, I still sucked at it. I still was struggling, but not as much as I was struggling. In public school, because teachers had time, and like the bandwidth to help me after class, like I could go ask questions after class. I could like make time with the teachers. But also, my mother worked at that Catholic school. Oh, mm-hmm. so that's why I got to go. We're we're wow. not we're not private school money kind of people, but my mother worked at the Catholic school, and I was struggling in pri- and in in public school, so we went there. And I was a volleyball player. And I really, really, I sat on the bench. uh, My seventh grade and eighth grade year, I didn't play in one game. I was the tallest kid on the team. Uh, I didn't play once. She just didn't play me. I think back on that and I'm like, I want to find that fucking bitch. <laughs> be like, what the fuck? It was middle school. Like, it's middle school. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't get why right. right. Oh my God. But anyway, so, and I was determined to not experience that again. And so I just remember my dad really like helping me out. I would go to like lessons. I played travel. I was doing all this stuff because it, I don't know. I really liked the sport. It was the first sport that I liked. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: I feel like girls in the nineties playing a sport became somehow like a thing you had to do. I don't know if that was a thing for, maybe it's a girl in the South kind of thing. I don't know. Was that your thing? Marie, did your parents be like, you
0: got to play a sport? (laughs) No, not with me because I could, I can't, I couldn't. I think it's (laughs) because I was tall Mm -hmm. and
2: it was, I think it was because I was
0: short and stumpy. (laughs) But you both. But I played church. No, we figured this out. We play, I played church ball. Yeah, we probably played church, church basketball. Ball. Yeah, we probably. You. I probably um, <laughs> destroyed you. I probably, probably. destroyed you. Because I hate just kidding. It oh mm-hmm. i i i loved it but i was so so bad i was the ki- i told you that i lost a contact <laughs> lens during a game and i was like oh, time out <laughs> time out and then i found it and i licked it and i put it in my eye in front of the whole crowd Hell yeah girl <laughs> we would have been best friends
2: for life if i'd seen that
0: uh, and i used to go up to people and whisper while we were playing satan
2: is watching
0: oh fuck yeah we totally would have been friends <laughs> Oh, we definitely would have Oh, been. man,
2: I wish we would But yeah, no, I think we miss each other by like a year. Like there was like a, mm-hmm. a year between us that we would have played. But yeah, I didn't like being touched, which is, again, there's an ADHD sensory thing that is like we light, sound, touch. we, And there's like a little bit of an overlap with autism uh, with that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I didn't like basketball because I didn't want people touching me I didn't like being shoved around I didn't like being I was like get the fuck off I didn't didn't like it volleyball there's a net like separating me from everyone Mm -hmm. and I and we all have our own zone we know our Mm -hmm. jobs Mm -hmm. I do this thing and you do that thing fuck off like it's like that's Mm -hmm. volleyball (laughs) And it's, it's pretty great. It's a great social distancing kind of activity Mm -hmm, sometimes. Um, But yeah, no. So I was determined to play well. I remember, uh, I think it was, it was junior year. It was, yeah, the end of, or maybe, no, 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 no. I think it was the end of junior year. Like we were doing pre, like, like, you know, preseason stuff in the summer Mm. after junior year. And My coach did this thing. The first thing she noticed, I remember, I started getting good at running. Like, cause we had to run like a mile to two miles before three hours of practice. Mm -hmm. And you had to get it in at a certain time. You couldn't, a mile couldn't be more than eight minutes. Two miles couldn't be more than 16. So I started learning to run with intervals where Mm -hmm. I would be at the back of the line, the first lap. Mm -hmm. And then I would slowly inch my way to the very front and then I would Mm -hmm. beat everyone. Like it was Mm -hmm. just, I made a game out of it. Very ADHD.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, But I had a a trainer who taught me how to do that. It makes the time pass and it also is better for your endurance and Mm -hmm. metabolism to do it that way. And, uh, but then she would have us do sprints and my long legs be working so hard that she just went, I can see that you're really trying. Because oh. before she was telling me I was lazy, I actually got a hernia my sophomore year because I'd never weight lifted before. I was very, I didn't understand it fully
3: mm-hmm.
2: and I was called lazy and I tried too hard and then I got mm. a hernia and I had to get surgery. Mm. Ooh, oh, and then... The running thing, the sprint thing, she just went, you need to make quicker steps. Try not to worry so much about your long strides. Like she started noticing, I'm not lazy. Mm -hmm. I just don't fully understand what you're asking me to do. Mm -hmm. And so then she started paying more attention to me. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And then she did this thing where we had practice and you hit the ball over the net. And then you're supposed to like run to the other side, grab your ball, get back in line. Mm -hmm. And then toss the ball to the setter. They set you the ball. You hit it. Everybody was always going under the net. You go under the net, run, get your ball. But one day she just went, stop going under the net, go around the pole. Mm. And I couldn't do it.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. I kept hitting the ball, going under the net. (laughs) Then Mm -hmm. she'd be like, Fleming, if you do that again, you're going to get 10 pushups. I fucked up 10 pushups. This went on to 50 pushups. And then she said, all right, well, if you do it again, everybody gets 50 push-ups. Oh no. Mm. And then it kept going to the point where everybody was doing a hundred push-ups. like I could mm. not, it didn't matter what you said to me, I couldn't remember Stop. it.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And so after practice, she pulled me aside and is like, I, I wanna have a talk with you and your parents. It's you're not in trouble.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I just I think you have ADHD. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> oh, wow. And I was like, huh. <laughs> and then <laughs> I went to this testing place uh, that was like not just some, you know, guidance counselor, not just some like after school bullshit. It was like a real facility that had this, the tests were different. I remember the tests were different. And then they took a lot of time talking to me, like personally. And I have the full file that they wrote about me Mm. and I have a hard time reading it. It makes Mm -hmm. me cry. It makes me really sad because it just talks. It just recognizes every single thing i struggled with for 17 years of my life, where it was like, God, I finally felt understood. Mm -hmm. And it was just took one person going, this person is trying really hard instead of thinking Mm -hmm. this girl is lazy. Mm -hmm. Because it was lazy and loud and selfish was a mm-hmm. lot of what I heard mm-hmm. growing up. Talks too much. I can't believe I haven't talked uh, touched on the fact that I talk too much as I've dominated this entire <laughs> fucking podcast. This is what a guest is for, my darling. <laughs> oh, it's good. Like, yeah. <laughs> but go ahead. And I'm not,
1: I don't want to put you in this category because I'm not, I don't know what your experience is, but that was another thing that I read about ADHD is that like in in girls and young women and girls that are presented with ADHD. And I don't think it's necessarily because of the ADHD. I think it's because of the reaction of other people to your ADHD. A lot of young women also suffer from a lot of self-esteem issues.
2: 100%.
1: Because people are telling them they're lazy and they're selfish and they're whatever, as opposed to just being able to acknowledge like, you know, oh, this is something you're this just different you're dealing with.
2: Oh, yeah. The talks. um, The other thing you were, you mentioned the whole thing about partners and men, mm-hmm. a woman who talks too much is like right. enemy number one.
1: Yeah. God like, forbid. <laughs> we are
2: the thing they hate the most. Like, right. I, I mean, God, they hate it. Like, um, yeah. and I mean, that's in dating. That's in anything. The other thing is I, I dated men with ADHD and I, realize that sometimes they can kind of, I think they've been bullied into being like, settle down, quiet down, all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff too. Mm -hmm. And I have to like pull things out of them. Like I've got to then really engage Mm -hmm. and pull information out of them because Mm -hmm. I feel like they've been trained to do the same stuff. And I'm just trying to keep things exciting. Like I, the other thing about ADHD and a lot of people talk about Uh, addiction and ADHD. And I think that that's going to be a big thing that people talk about a lot. Uh, Everything feels like an addiction, everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because there is a dysfunction with dopamine in the ADHD Mm -hmm. brain. It's not, it's, I guess it's a lack of dopamine is what people say. But the other thing is just like the transmitters that connect, you know, stuff together to get dopamine in simple ways that everybody gets, we don't Mm. have that. Like, it's like, we have Mm. to work really hard to get it. And Mm. that's why the hyper-focus thing happens. Like once we're on a roll, it's like, I'm in it. I'm finally feeling good. (laughs) Like, and then, Mm. and that's why a lot of people with ADHD are alcoholics or drug addicts. And that's, Mm. I mean, we talk a lot because it's like, once we start getting on this hyper-fixation role of a subject we're passionate about, and we're given the freedom to just ramble Mm. it's the best feeling in the world (laughs) like rambling literally i could ramble for the rest of my life like i could just do it (laughs) forever and that i mean josh lets me do it (laughs) on the kitchen channel and it's not even my fucking show (laughs) 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 he just lets me do it and i mean that everybody at that show just lets me go and it's so nice like i i just am allowed to go crazy there and it's like god what other place am i ever going to be allowed to do this i can't think of any and how can our listeners like find you uh, aside from good mythical morning uh so i'm on twitter at flemily emming and i am on instagram at m EM Flemily so E-M-F-L-E-M-I-L-Y. I would be Flemily Emming but there's this other Emily Fleming who has a <laughs> yoga business uh, uh, fuck her. <laughs> fuck that girl honestly fuck yoga i have like talked shit about this chick and i honestly i get it the thing is she she her Flemily Emming Instagram is like her personal and then her business is something else and She Uh, told me that like getting rid of it, she's like, how will all of my 200 people who follow the Flimily Emmy, how will they find my business? And I'm like, this is even in your business one. Yes. You have another one. And it's like people are tagging her instead of me. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm probably going to have to give her money or something, but she doesn't know this. I'm terrible at money because
0: I have ADHD. So (laughs) there you go. full circle. Well, this, I mean, this episode is exactly what I thought it would be. This is amazing. So helpful. I I really do think that we're going to have lots of
1: people out there that are going to relate, and this is very useful.
0: Well, if you guys have any questions for Emily, email you can email us at difficultwomenpodcast at gmail.com. But also in the link below, I have all of her socials that you guys can hunt her down and, and ask her specific questions. And I'm sure you get back to, to every single DM. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I try. I try. As long as they're not awesome.
2: As long as they're not shitty. Well, thank you for yeah. joining us. We love you. Oh, Emily, love you, you guys were too. so
0: amazing. This was this, fun. This has been really awesome.